0: This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. NASA and SpaceX signed a unfunded Space Act agreement Thursday, September 22nd to study the feasibility of a SpaceX and Polaris program idea to boost the agency's Hubble Space Telescope into a higher orbit with the Dragon spacecraft at no cost to NASA or the government. There are no plans for NASA to conduct or fund a servicing mission or complete this opportunity. The study is designed to help the agency understand the commercial possibilities. SpaceX, in partnership with Polaris program, proposed this study to better understand the technical challenges associated with servicing missions. And this study is non-exclusive. And other companies may propose similar studies with different rockets or spacecraft as their model. Teams expect the study to take up to six months collecting technical data from both Hubble and the SpaceX Dragon spacecraft. And this data will help determine whether it would be possible to safely rendezvous, dock, and move the telescope into a more stable orbit. NASA said... This is a study, and it's an exciting example of the innovative approaches NASA is exploring through private and public partnerships. And they said as our fleet grows, we want to explore a wide range of opportunities to support the more robust, superlative science missions possible. Now, while Hubble and Dragon will serve as test models for this study, portions of the mission concept may be. Applicable to other spacecraft, particularly those in near Earth orbit like Hubble. And Hubble has been operating since 1990, about 335 miles above Earth, in an orbit that is slowly decaying over time. And reboosting Hubble into a higher, more stable orbit could add multiple years of operations to its life. And at the end of its lifetime, NASA plans to safely deorbit or dispose. Of Hubble and the non-exclusive SpaceX study regarding the possibilities of reboosting the Hubble Space Telescope is ongoing. On Thursday, December twenty-second, twenty twenty-two, NASA issued a request for information to seek additional information about commercial capabilities available to reboost a satellite in orbit, using Hubble as a demonstration at no cost to the government. And there are no plans at this time for NASA to conduct or fund a dedicated Hubble servicing mission. The request for information. Will remain open until Tuesday, January twenty fourth, twenty twenty three, as NASA continues exploring options for Hubble's future. There's been some controversy around a Twitter account called @Jet. The owner of the account is a college student who ran the banned Elon Jet Twitter account, which used publicly available information to track Elon Musk's private jet. Has resumed his activities on the platform under a new username. And as reported by insider Jack Sweeney, 20 years old, has created a new account called Elon Jet Next Day, which tracks Musk's private jet with a 24-hour delay to avoid violating Twitter's rules. And Sweeney's original Elon Jet account was suspended last week after Musk accused it of revealing his live location, which is prohibited under Twitter's policies. The platform updated its rules to specifically prohibit the publishing of a person's real-time location on the same day that the Elon Jet account was suspended. Sweeney told Insider that he will be posting manually for now while he works on automating the account. Now, Musk tweeted on December 15th that posting locations someone traveled to on a slightly delayed basis isn't a safety problem, so is okay. And Twitter's policy also states that sharing publicly available location information After a reasonable amount of time has passed, when the individual is no longer at risk of physical harm, is not a violation. And the platform's definition of live location data refers to a person's real-time or same-day whereabouts. Now, most commercial and private aircraft are equipped with Automatic Dependent Surveillance Broadcast Technology, or ADS-B, which transmits a unique code tied to the airplane's tail number, containing information such as altitude and GPS location. The information is publicly available and aircraft flying in the US and Europe are required to transmit it in order to prevent mid-air collisions. Now, in a statement made in November, Elon said he would not ban the original Elon jet account as part of his commitment to free speech. And despite claiming that, it posted a direct personal safety risk. And the automated Elon jet account which has amassed over 540,000 followers before it was permanently banned on December 14th, posted publicly available information regarding the location of Musk's 2015 Gulfstream G650ER. Now, Musk had previously offered Sweeney $5,000 to have the account taken down. Sweeney came back and said, hey, can I intern at one of your companies? Could you up the price? Like what What can we do to uh, barter here? Sweeney is out there making a a bot to track Elon's jet. But, you know, Elon said, look, I'll give you $5,000 to just take it down. You don't need to track me. And now several several journalists who reported on the Elon jet account were also banned from Twitter on December 16th. Now, Musk later reinstated some of these accounts on December 18th after conducting a poll asking users... If he should unsuspend accounts who doxed my exact location in real time. Now it should be noted that the journalists who were banned for reporting on Elon Jet had not disclosed Musk's real time location. Now let's move on to some SpaceX news. SpaceX successfully launched the first batch of its next generation of Starlink satellites into orbit on Wednesday morning, December 28th, of 2022. The Falcon 9 rocket which took off from the Cape Canaveral Space Force Station in Florida at 4.34 a.m. Eastern Time was carrying 54 upgraded Gen-2 versions of the internet satellites. The launch marked the company's 60th flight of the year, nearly doubling its previous record of 31 launches in 2021. And the Gen-2 satellites are more powerful than the approximately 3,300 that are currently in orbit and are expected to help alleviate Congestion issues that the broadband network has been experiencing. And a recent report from Space News suggested that despite sending hundreds of first-gen Starlink satellites aloft this year, the broadband network was facing congestion woes. And the Gen 2 satellites are also able to beam service directly to smartphones, according to SpaceX founder Elon Musk. Jesse Anderson, a SpaceX production and engineering manager, said during the live launch commentary, Under our new license, we are now able to deploy satellites to new orbits that will add even more capacity to the network. Ultimately, this enables us to add more customers and provide faster service, particularly in areas that are currently oversubscribed. Anderson went on to explain that the goal of the project is to provide high-speed, low-latency internet to people living in remote and rural locations around the globe. At about eight minutes after liftoff, The Falcon 9 first stage returned to Earth with a landing on SpaceX's drone ship A shortfall of Gravitas in the Atlantic Ocean, where rough recovery weather threatened to delay the launch. The touchdown marked a successful end to SpaceX's 60th launch of the year. The Falcon 9 first stage on this mission made its 11th flight with Wednesday's launch. The booster had previously flown five Starlink missions, launched two U.S. GPS satellites, the NALSAT-301 commercial satellite and carried two different private astronaut crews on the Inspiration 4 and AX-1 missions, according to SpaceX. And in addition to using the Falcon 9 rocket, SpaceX plans to eventually launch its Gen-2 satellites aboard its massive Starship rocket, which is currently in development in Boca Chica, Texas. The company has been awaiting approval to fly the rocket to space for about 18 months. And Anderson also mentioned that the company will attempt to recover the two payload fairing halves that made up the Falcon 9 nose cone, which had both flown before for later reuse. This show is brought to you by Backblaze. I use Backblaze to back up my podcast, my video files, all of my writing stuff, and all my photos. And you get unlimited computer backup for Macs and PCs for just $7 a month. You can back up your own documents, photos, videos, drawings, projects Backblaze.com slash Elon. Backblaze.com slash Elon. SpaceX applied to the FCC for permission to send nearly 30,000 of these Gen 2 satellites to low Earth orbit. And on December 1st, the FCC granted approval for the deployment of 7,500 of them. However, this was only a partial approval as the company had applied for permission to send nearly 30,000 of the satellites up. And the generation two satellites, deployment will be a significant step forward for SpaceX's Starlink project. The upgraded satellites will not only be able to handle more traffic, but they will also be able to beam service directly to smartphones, providing even greater accessibility to the satellite internet service. The launch of the first batch of Gen 2 satellites marks an important milestone for the company and sets the stage for future launches of the upgraded satellite fleet. And on August 25th, 2022, T-Mobile CEO and President Mike Sievert and SpaceX chief engineer Elon Musk held a live event to announce Coverage Above and Beyond, which is a new plan to bring cellular connectivity to remote and previously unreachable locations in the United States. This will be using SpaceX's new Gen 2 Starlink satellites. And despite the widespread coverage provided by powerful LTE and 5G networks, there are still over half a million square miles in the US, as well as vast stretches of ocean that are completely without cellular coverage from any provider. This is often due to land use restrictions, terrain limitations, and the sheer vastness of the country. And in these areas, people are either disconnected or forced to pay exorbitant rates for satellite phones. Now T-Mobile and SpaceX share a vision of a world where these uncovered areas are a thing of the past and they're taking steps to make that vision a reality. And by leveraging SpaceX's Starlink constellation of satellites in low earth orbit and T-Mobile's leading wireless network, the companies plan to provide near complete coverage in most places in the U.S., including in many remote locations that have previously been without traditional cell coverage. The service will work with the majority of smartphones already on T-Mobile's network and will not require any additional equipment. Customers will be able to use their existing devices to connect to the network, which will be broadcast from Starlink satellites using T-Mobile's mid-band spectrum nationwide. This true satellite-to-cellular service will provide nearly complete coverage almost anywhere a customer can see the sky. T-Mobile plans to offer text coverage practically everywhere in the continental U.S., Hawaii, parts of Alaska, Puerto Rico, and territorial waters by the end of next year, with the goal of eventually adding voice and data coverage as well. And the companies will begin with a beta test in select areas after SpaceX's planned satellite launches. Text messaging, including SMS, MMS, and participating messaging apps will allow customers to stay connected and share experiences almost anywhere. In addition to expanding coverage above and beyond in the U.S., T-Mobile and SpaceX have issued an open invitation to all other carriers around the world to collaborate on expanding the service globally. T-Mobile has committed to offering reciprocal roaming to providers that work with them to enable all of this technology. Now, this is a huge deal for SpaceX, the Gen 2 Starlink satellites that went into orbit just the other day. Well, they're going to be powering this network of users on T-Mobile, and it's kind of a thing where people in rural areas, if they just can't get a Starlink satellite, maybe they already have a T-Mobile phone, but they don't want to sign up for Starlink internet and they don't want a satellite on their property for some reason, but they do have a cell phone. That could be a game changer for these people in rural areas. Now let's move on to some Elon Musk Twitter news. And as the CEO of both Tesla and SpaceX, Elon Musk is no stranger to controversy and change. But his time as the chief twit or the head of Twitter has been particularly marked by snap of a finger changes and sometimes swift backlash. However, in a recent interview on the All In podcast, Musk brushed off these ups and downs as growing pains. He said, In the beginning, we'll make, obviously, a lot more mistakes, because I'm new to, Hey, I just got here, man. He said, I think we'll have fewer gaffes in the future. One of the main sources of controversy during Musk's tenure at Twitter has been the mass layoffs that occurred shortly after he took over. These layoffs are now the subject of ongoing lawsuits. In addition to the layoffs, Musk also halted, the implementation of new features, such as paid verification and pulled back employees who were responsible for monitoring and distributing content on the site. Now, most recently, he has faced criticism for the temporary suspension of the accounts of several journalists. Despite the negative attention that these actions have garnered, Musk remains committed to taking quick and decisive action when asked about the controversy surrounding product iteration or the evolution of a product or feature, Musk compared it to a baseball metaphor. He said, We're going to swing for the fences here at Twitter, and we're going to do it quickly, even if it means having to strike out a bit more. Now, one of the new features that has received a lot of attention, both positive and negative, is the views feature that Twitter unveiled this month. This feature shows users how many people saw a particular tweet which many users have criticized for cluttering the interface. Musk defended the feature, saying that it was a lot harder to implement than people realized. And despite the challenges that Musk has faced as the CEO of Twitter, he remains confident in his leadership style. When asked about his cultural influence among tech peers who are fascinated by his solo leadership approach, Musk acknowledged that there are risks associated with having absolute power, but it believes that as long as he can maintain a good batting average, things will work out in the end. He said, as long as the batting average is good, it will be a great future. On Wednesday evening, Twitter users around the world were met with a series of frustrating errors that left them unable to access the site or app. According to downdetector.com, there was a spike of around 10,000 outage reports for Twitter starting just after 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. These reports included errors about exceeded rate limits, failing to fetch new tweets, and the site or app crashing. By 10.30 p.m. Eastern, the number of reports had dropped to less than 1,000. And while the mobile app seemed to work for some people, others, including at least one staff member, had trouble accessing it. And the issues seemed to vary and come and go as shown by the bounce in the down-detector chart. It was difficult to pinpoint the exact cause of the problems, and it's worth noting that not everyone experienced these same issues. Some users reported the site would simply refresh without any prompt for a username or password, while others saw error messages when they tried to access a site. This isn't the first time that Twitter has faced issues since CEO Elon Musk fired a large portion of the company's staff earlier this year. Many users have reported seeing a number of problems with the server since the layoffs. However, despite some predictions, the site has mostly stayed up and running during major events like the World Cup during during Musk's self-reported instances of unplugging one of the most sensitive server racks. This time it remains unclear what caused the issues on Wednesday evening, and Twitter support has not yet mentioned the glitchiness. Musk has only commented that the site worked for him. The company did not respond to a request from the website The Verge, and it is widely reported to have disbanded its press office, by the way, because everyone was fired. And despite these difficulties, Twitter was able to recover relatively quickly from the outage. While it's always frustrating when a platform experiences technical issues, it's important to remember that these things can happen from time to time. In this case, Twitter came back relatively quickly and users were able to get back to tweeting in no time. Now, I want to take a second and say thank you to everybody who supported the podcast in the past and in the future, too. The future you could be supporting this podcast. And how do you do that? You hit the subscribe button on the podcast app that you're listening on right now. I really do appreciate your time. And I really do appreciate that you spend your time here with me on the show. So take care of yourselves, please, and each other. And I'll see you in the next one.